Welcome again to Elenio's Podcast. This is a, a a bonus episode? It's either our bonus or our regular, since we've both been lazy pieces of shit and didn't record a regular episode this week. That is true. We're often lazy pieces of shit. Yes. Um, but this one, as you've all probably deduced from the title, is another movie review. We're talking about the latest uh, the Marvel movies, uh, Avengers Infinity War. Yes. It's a movie. Gotta, Have you heard of it, audience? I gotta say, the title's a bit misleading. There's not much war, and also not very infinite. Well, there's a lot of infinity. It's just that they're the infinity stones. That's true. And that I think true. it all depends how you define a war on the second part of that. Mm-hmm. I guess there was a big battle scene at the end. Yeah, there was. But, uh, see, in case you, did, for some reason, don't know this... Uh, Infinity War is sort of the culmination, like, not the culmination, actually, but we'll get to that. Uh, a big lead-up of, like, what? It's been ten years now, hasn't it? Ten years of movies? Yep, ten years. Which, is funny, because it actually feels, like, longer. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the other day I was looking it up, and I was like, the first Avengers came out in, what was it, 2012? Yes. And I feel like that movie came out, like, 15 years ago. Like, it It honestly feels like a long time since, since I first watched that movie in theaters. Having recently rewatched it, it looks like it came out 15 years ago. Wow, this really? Point. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough. It's rough. Joss Whedon should never have been allowed to make movies. I'll just put it that way. Well, I don't. Um, okay, I know you don't like Joss Whedon, but I don't know if he had an effect on how it looked. No, no I mean, because the directors have a big impact on things, right? And he only knows how to direct for television. He doesn't understand how movies, how like, movie cameras work and stuff. So all of his stuff is lit, very flat, very. Uh, one-dimensional type shots, so it doesn't look... It, is, it doesn't express the full dynamism a movie could, right? And that's not really... That's not really his fault. He's a TV guy. He should have stayed in TV. But this, hmm. is, this isn't him. This isn't Joss Whedon, right? This is the Russo brothers. Yeah, the Russo brothers take over ever since... What was it? Captain America Civil War. No, no. Um, uh, Winter Soldier. I meant Winter Soldier, yes. Which is the best Marvel movie, and I see why they decided to stick with the... Or why Marvel decided to stick with them, because they made the best movie they've ever done. So, and I'm, I'm happy for them because they're very good at what they do. They started out on Community, the TV show that I know we both love. Did they? Yes, they did. They huh. they were uh, t- some of the co-creators and producers on that show. Um, and now look where they are. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, like, directorial teams, like, how many of them are there? There's, there's the, the Russo brothers. Wachowskis. Oh, Wachowskis? Uh, the Coen brothers. Uh-huh. But then there's, isn't there the, oh god, who are the guys that made 21 Jump Street? Lord and Miller? Oh yeah, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. They, they, they directed that, right? Yeah, they directed and wrote it together. I've always wondered how it would work with two directors, but it, I guess it, I guess it's not uh, any more challenging than having a director who's also an actor in the film. According to Disney, it didn't work out very well for Lord and Miller, so. That is true, uh, that is true. But all I right, guess we'll find so, out at the end of this month. But uh, Infinity War has been set up by 18 films. Ugh. Um. Wow. Whoa. What was that? Uh, it's just there's so many of them at this point. Like Jesus Christ, it's been going on for ten years. Sixteen. You said sixteen movies, right? Or Eight, eighteen. Eighteen movies. Or I think Damn, this is the eighteenth. So seventeen prevailing it. Jesus, that's I like. So it's got to be like what, almost two a year, right? Yeah. Wow. Um. So we're at a time in the Marvel universe. Um, we're not going to recap all the other movies. That's that would no. be insane. We're at a time in the Marvel universe where. The big bad has finally arrived, and his name is Thanos. And give a little background on Thanos as a character. 
Do you want the movie version or the comics version? Let's just do a little bit of both. Um, so in the movie, Thanos uh, looks like uh, Bruce Willis, but purple and bigger. He has a ball sack for a chin. And you learn over the course of the movie that he came from a planet called Titan, and his species is Titan. And that apparently on Titan, this planet, which had, uh, you know, flying buildings and shit, um, overpopulation was a problem, and there weren't enough resources to go around. They all uh, died off because they wouldn't listen to Thanos. And so he kind of, like, developed this idea that his idea to cull half the population was right, and to, to each of the whole universe should have to do it, so he is going to gather the Infinity Stones, or these powerful rocks we've seen in previous Marvel movies. Alright, uh, let's name them off. Power, soul, mind, time, space, reality. Did I get them all? Is that all of them? I think, I think you got all of them, yeah. I got all of them. I, I always miss like one or two whenever I try and recite them. Okay, so those are all the and, stones. So they're like the fundamental building blocks of the universe, basically. Yes, they, are, they were created at the Big Bang and spread out across the universe. Right, and so he's going to unite them into this big golden glove he has, the Infinity Gauntlet. And then apparently he's going to snap his fingers and kill half of the life in the universe. Not the galaxy, not the local cluster, the fucking universe. Yeah, everything ever. The universe, in case people out there all know, is infinite. It goes on forever. Yes, that's the infinite part of Infinity War. Except, 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 I want to note, there's a point in this movie where fucking Thanos looks at Gamora, and he says, This universe is finite. Its resources are finite. And at that point, I, like, mentally checked out on Thanos' entire plan. Yeah, the thing that, and this is something I was pointed out to me on the internet the other day, and I thought about it, is... You know, once Thanos has this gauntlet and all this power, would he not have the ability to double all the resources in the universe? If that was what's holding him back? Uh, I mean, Galaxy Brain uh, weaken gravity by one half and double the size of all the planets. Boom, problem solved. Mm. Wow. Or use Ant-Man Pym Particles technology, shrink everyone down, now food's giant. Yeah, garlic bread will last you a year. Exactly. There are so many solutions to this problem. Couldn't he just snap his fingers and fucking make it so there's infinite resources? Couldn't he eliminate entropy with a snap of his fingers? This is true. And I know that you have, obviously, some harsh feelings about the movie version of Thanos, so tell us a little, a little bit about the comic book version of Thanos. The comic version of Thanos is much better, because his motivation in the comic books is that he wants to literally fuck death. The, the physical embodiment of the concept of death is a woman that he is in love with, and he believes that it, he, to impress her, he just has to snap his fingers and kill half the universe, and that'll, that'll uh, uh, bring her around to liking him back. Yeah, and that's one thing that, that was included in Joss Whedon's Avengers that we have not even touched on since. No. Because in the, very, in the very first post-credit scene, Thanos says, you know, I'm going to court death. And that's one of the coolest things about his personality in the comic books is, like you said, he wants to impress the embodiment of death, get her to fall in love with him so that he can fuck her. And that's really cool. And ever since then, I guess for some reason they gave up on this very important part of Thanos' character from the comic books for the movies. And replaced it with something that makes him far more stupid. In my opinion. Because yeah. 
I'm not. I can't believe in a character that, that that's that dumb. That didn't think for one second. Like maybe instead of mass murder, if I had infinite power, I could do good things and not bad things. Yeah. Like, it's... fucking create infinite resources and also put a golden statue of yourself in every town in the universe and be the greatest hero ever known. Nah. I want blood. Steve, Steve Rogers? Never heard of him. Thanos is my guy. Exactly. So, <laughs> that's the setup we have going into this movie. Some people who you know, read the comics and stuff knew more about it going in. There's still plenty of people who are like big fans of the Marvel movies who didn't know anything about Thanos, didn't know what the stones were going to do for him. But this movie answered all those questions. Mm-hmm. So, going in, that's what we were like. Thanos, he's here. He's going to fuck shit up. And the movie starts out pretty strong. Um, so we, the first scene we see is, you know, Thor and Loki on the ship with Heimdall and some of Thanos' apprentices and Thanos. And, you know, he's, like, you know, doing all of his scare tactics. And one thing I heard a lot before this movie came out from people who haven't read comics was, like, this Thanos guy isn't even that big. Why can't the Hulk just beat him up? And that's what they thought. That's how they thought, I guess, the whole movie was going to happen. And they debunked that pretty quickly by the Hulk getting his ass kicked by Thanos mm-hmm. within the first couple of minutes of the movie, and then Thanos killing Loki, finally. After all these years, Loki dies. And Heimdall. And Heimdall, which is sad boys. Mm-hmm. Sad boys for Heimdall. Idris Elba deserves better. Um, well, he wanted to quit the movies anyways, so yeah. this is his way out. Um, and yeah, but the big the big thing being that within the first five minutes, they killed Loki, who's been in the the film series ever since Thor and mm-hmm. was the villain of the first Avengers movie. And you had thoughts about Loki's death. I was very happy Loki died because they keep trying to rehabilitate his character and I'm like, nope, he's a mass murdering psychopath and I'm very glad that in his last moments he he begged and, and wriggled like a fucking worm as his neck snapped. Yeah. And I was also very happy with the sounds of shock that came to the theater when that happened. And because of the events of the end of this movie, some people have been misguided about about Loki's death, and we'll talk about that in a minute once we get to all that. Mm-hmm. But, so from there, we get to the setup of, where do we go from there? We go to New York, right? Yeah, Banner, Banner or Hulk, Hulk slash Banner gets bifrosted into, into Doctor Strange's house. Yes, Doctor Strange. What, what a great character that everyone knows everything about. Oh, hold on now. I love Doctor Strange. He's great. I love Doctor Strange, but I'll, I'll say this. So, uh, <laughs> I watched Doctor Strange in theaters when it came out, obviously, and then I was listening to this other podcast. I can't even remember what it was, but they were like asking somebody to describe the plot to Doctor Strange, and he's like, oh, it's about this asshole who's a doctor who fights a screensaver. And ever <laughs> since then, that's all I can think of when I look at Doctor Strange. Yeah, okay, fair. Um, fair enough. And then, but yeah, so he lands there, and he acts sort of like a like a, a Silver Surfer type of uh, role, where he's like Thanos is coming, and uh, Doctor Strange goes and gets Iron Man, uh, Tony Stark brings him in. They talk about it. They they have a lot of lines where they snark at each other because they're both bearded, uh, uh, brown haired, arrogant dudes. Yeah, scientist, so doctor type. Yeah, yeah. There's a ton of that kind of shit, and then. Eventually, I think that this big donut-shaped ship shows up uh, with, like, the space wizard and a big, I don't know, like, troll, and they fight uh, Iron Man and Doctor Strange. And Spider-Man. 
And Spider-Man does show up, yes. Yes. So I want to point out something out. Do you do you know what the name of that wizard is, by the way? The one the Thanos' boy? Yeah. No. The Ebony Maw. Wow. And here's the thing with this, this character. He, he's he's basically probably the most well developed of these of these uh, they're called the Black Order, which is racist. But they're like they're like Thanos' minions or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing though: there are two shots in this movie that are that are close-ups of that character, which are the best CGI in the film. I actually yeah. thought it was a physical prop at first. I was like, why can't Thanos look this good? Like, like why is he as rendered as well as this fucking this like I don't know ten lines alien wizard? Yeah, I actually do agree with that. He he did look very good in the movie. And I, it's not something I really thought of. But then again, I also don't think that Thanos looks that bad, unlike everybody else in America. So, has like a Play-Doh but man. That's me. So, I think that Thanos is hurt by the fact that they immediately ditch his awesome golden helmet and armor for like I don't know, like a black wife beater, basically. Yeah, that's true. He looks so much cooler in his fucking like like or at least more, I like the gaudiness of the big gold armor. That was a good look. Yeah. And so from here, we're pretty set up for the, I guess it was like a tri-arc of the movie, I would say, because at that point, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, and Spider-Man get, uh, they go to, where they go to Titan, right? On that ship? Yeah, they kill the Space Wizard. Yeah. And then they and head they, to Titan. Yeah. You have Bruce Banner and the Secret Avengers, pretty soon, who are still in on Earth. And then you have the Guardians of the Galaxy... Yeah, they're kooky and funny, and they've got Thor with them. Um, Which, by the way, is my favorite part of this movie. They they work well together. Yeah, there's some really funny scenes with uh, Star-Lord reacting to how handsome Thor is and how much control Thor has over people because of his yeah. handsomeness and his deep voice, which are great. And then, then that arc actually splits into two arcs, where Thor and Rocket Raccoon go to get a new hammer made for Thor, and the Guardians of the Galaxy go to try and find and kill Thanos. Which, by the way, great plan. By the way, works out. Movie's over De- in 90 minutes. It was beautiful. Definitely work out for you. Um, and back on Earth, don't forget that the way we get into the Steve Rogers Secret Avengers thing is through Scarlet Witch and Vision are fucking now. So. Yes. The biomechanical robot and the weird mutant lady from the comic book are having sex, which is happening in the in the happens in the comics. Wanda, it's a joke yes. she has a fetish for robots, but I could not. Every character who showed up in this movie, in my theory, the first night, anyways, got a pop. The audience reacted to it, literally just the, just the sound of Wakanda got a huge pop, right? Yeah, and that's actually something that annoys me because it's like you thought these people weren't gonna be in this movie. It's like they see Spider-Man and they're like, oh, Spider-Man's in this one. And I'm like, what did you think? What did you think was going to (laughs) happen? But Scarlet Witch and Vision? Silence. Complete silence. No one gives a shit about these two characters. And I can't blame them, to be honest. Absolute silence. Um, Yeah, I don't know. We are reaching a a time. I do think people, some people say that there's too many characters in these movies and they can't balance them out very well. I think that for the amount of characters they have and for how big this universe is, they do balance them pretty well. But we do reach a time where some of the characters just aren't going to have as much fan appeal as others. That's true. And where I I think Scarlet Witch is actually a great character, especially in the comics and in uh, in the first movie she was in, Age of Ultron. Um, Vision, it's very hard for audiences to care about Vision. 
Oh yeah, and, for sure. And I even agree with that. I don't. I don't have many reasons to care about Vision uh, in the films, and that's just you know too too many cooks sometimes. Well, it's because Vision started off as Paul Bettany's voice playing uh, Tony Stark's, like, AI assistant Jarvis. Yeah. And then in Age of Ultron, he gets the body, becomes Vision, and he loses that weird sort of, like, uh, like sarcasticness that Jarvis had and becomes, like, much more serious. Yeah, he still he still has jokes, but it's, like, a different style of humor. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. like he, something got lost and he became, he got this humanoid form. So, I don't know. It's, it's definitely weird. And pairing them off, I mean, at that point, you're just, you're asking for it, you know? But also because Vision is such a powerful character. I mean, he's like as strong as Superman. Yeah, and, and they, plus he can like phase. That's one another problem I had. They vastly underpowered him in this movie. Well, no, because the first thing that happens is he gets stabbed in the fucking chest with a sword that like prevents him from using his one superpower. Yeah, which is stupid. Because obviously the writers couldn't think of ways to challenge Vision without taking away that power, so yeah. they very quickly get rid of that. And then, too yeah. strong. So there's a fight in a train station or whatever, and then this this lady throws this thing. Guy catches it. It's Captain America. Whoa! Which, by the way, again, huge pop from the crowd. That shot was in every trailer. Yeah, you all knew it was coming. Exactly. Also, I just, I also the big it. lady that had through the spear, voiced by Carrie Coon from Leftovers. Carrie Coon from Leftovers and Fargo. Um. Very talented actress. Uh, it was kind of cool to. See. I didn't know it until after the movie, but it's kind of it was cool that she's in a Marvel movie now because she's very talented. Oh yeah. So, I guess from there, like they decide to go back. They meet up with War Machine, Colonel Rhodes. And they have that, and I think the at this point, right, the Guardians show up on nowhere. Yes. What happens there again? Uh, they think they've caught Thanos talking to the Collector. Gamora goes up and stabs Thanos and believes she's killed him. Use, turns out he's just using the reality stone to uh, make it seem like that all that happened. And he takes Gamora and prevents Star-Lord from killing her. Tobias Funke is there um, in the background? Yes, Tobias Funke is in this movie, which is wild for a which- gi- gigantic Arrested Development fan like I am. Which means that moral, the moral universe is connected to the Arrested Development universe. As we all knew it would be. But by the way, I want to point out real, real quick, in this scene right here, uh, Drax goes charging at Thanos, and Thanos uses the Reality Stone to literally cube Drax. Yeah. He like, into, he like, like, flesh cubes. Shreds into flesh cubes, yeah. And then he makes, uh, he turns Mantis into, like, confetti flesh cubes. And she's still alive, and her eyes are still moving, right? Yeah. And that's very fucking scary. Yeah, it's fucked up. Like, for a movie for children, or I guess a, a, a more kiddish type of movie, that's like some for real body horror. Yeah, it's true. And, the, and what's even worse to me, in, in a way, is there was no blood. There was just, like, more matter inside of them. Uh, yeah. So that was very disturbing for a, a PG-13, like, comic book movie. Yeah, and, and yeah. I think it was just a really good way to demonstrate what all the reality stone can do. Oh, yeah. But, but the thing is, as soon as he leaves, it all goes back to normal. They, they, they reform back into normal yeah, forms. Yeah, yeah. I think that probably the, the movie versions of the, of the Infinity Gems are less powerful than the comic book versions. Well, yeah. The comic book ones are uh, a, little, a little much. Yeah, that's true. So then, is that when we get back to Thor's story? 
I mean, at that point, it doesn't. The order doesn't matter anymore. That's true. That's true. I do because that's when Thor uh, uh, gets to the big dwarven like dead dying star slash ring world type Su- thing. Surprise cameo by Peter Dinklage playing, playing a, dwarf. a giant or a dwarf who's a giant. Yes. He's, he's like, what? He's like fucking 14 feet tall or something. Yeah, because he's like twice Thor's height. Like, he's very tall. Yeah, and it turns out that uh, he made the Infinity Gauntlet for Thanos. He was forced to. Yeah. Which, by the way, the did you realize that ignores the stinger after Age of Ultron? No, what's the one after Age of Ultron? I forget all of them. Where the big the compartment opens up and it's the Infinity Gauntlet and Thanos puts his hand into it and says, fine, oh, I'll do fine, it myself. Oh, fine, I'll do it myself. Yeah. So I just hope that the Russos were like, yeah, we thought we totally ignored that. Okay. As long as they so, acknowledge it. Yeah. And then they, you know, him and... It's also, it's Rocket Raccoon and Groot are there with him. Yes. And Groot this movie, by the way, is fantastic. Yeah, I love Teenage Groot. Um, yeah. I do think they've done something pretty interesting with the... How Groot has progressed, or I guess regressed to progress in... Uh, in the Marvel... Or the Guardians of the Galaxy series. So Teenage Groot is definitely a fun fun edition. They, they play up all the like typical teenage stereotypes, but it's so funny to see it done by a plant who can only say one sentence, you know? Yeah, he's like, you know, he's over there playing the video games and he won't put it down and he'll mock, I love when he mocks people, I am great. Uh, he yeah. mocks people, it's very funny. Um, played a lot for laughs. And then I think back on Earth is when they finally get to Wakanda, right? Yes, they're on Wakanda. Uh, Steve or Captain America and Bucky, the Winter Soldier, re- reunite. Uh, Bucky has a cool new arm. Yeah, Bruce Banner realizes Bucky. that he is useless and mm-hmm. that I always forget T'Challa's sister's name. What's her name? Uh, Shuri. Yes, he realizes that Shuri, who is about a third of his age, is a thousand times smarter than him. Yeah. Um, Although I did, plan. I, oh, go ahead. I did notice. So I don't know. If, are we are we supposed to infer that Tony Stark was already working with some tech from Wakanda, or did Tony Stark on his own come up with the same nanotechnology or similar nanotechnology that he uses for his suit that they use for Black Panther suit in Black Panther? That's a good question. And I mean, I want to think that he probably got it from them. Yeah. But it's pretty advanced by the time. But I mean, it's Tony Stark. He takes a fucking tin can and turns it into a, I don't know, a fucking grenade with, mm-hmm. with a piece of bubble gum. So mm-hmm. it seems likely that he could probably turn it around pretty quick into something way more crazy than what he originally did with it. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know. There seemed the the one that Shuri made seemed a lot faster and a lot um, very functional, whereas Tony Stark was like, "I'm gonna make my suits, but in a very, 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 very small form." It's true. And then, because their, their plan is they're going to have Shuri take the Mind Stone out of Vision's head. Yes, and so then have Scarlet Witch destroy it immediately. Yeah, because I guess she's she came from the Mind Stone, so she can also destroy it, I guess, is the thing. Uh, which yeah. seems crazy to me that a, a base component of the universe could be destroyed, but uh, okay, that's cool. Um, but it's going to take a while. It's going to take time. So that's the whole setup here is they're going to have to take time to do it. Yes, so then basically it sets up for a big fight in Wakanda. And this oh, is. We should talk about what happens with. Oh, go ahead. Well, you, go ahead. We should talk about what happens with, with Thanos and Gamora. 
Oh, yes. Oh. So Thanos uh, takes Gamora back to the mothership or whatever, and he shows her that he has her sister, Nebula, played by Karen Gillan, I believe. Yes. Um, and he's torturing her. Uh, because he knows that Gamora knows where the, la- the only stone he had located is a soul stone. And she knows where it's at. So he tortures her until she tells him. And then she takes him there. And they climb this mountain together. And Seth, who shows up at the top of this mountain? If, if, before I saw this movie, they were like, hey, a character from the Marvel Universe you haven't seen in a while is going to come back. Mm-hmm. I would have guessed a thousand times. I would have guessed Howard the Duck before I guessed... <laughs> Red Skull, the villain from the first uh, Captain America movie. Yes. He's like he's like turned into this weird like 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 I don't know space phantom at this point. Yeah, he's like a phantom reaper something. And so he takes him to the Soul Stone, and you're like and they're like okay Thanos to get what you want you have to kill something that you love, and Gamora. Is like laughing in this because she's like, "Oh, you don't love anything. Yeah, so you, you don't love anything. Do you ain't shit. You uh-huh. ate you ate ass last night. Like this, <laughs> this is going down. You're not gonna get what you want." And, uh, and what happens, Seth? So he uh, Thanos lets out a tear, and then Gamora's like, "Ha ha, that's what you deserve." And then Red Skull's like, "I don't, I don't think you understand what's about to happen." And so then Thanos takes Gamora by the arm, throws her off the cliff, murders her. And gets the soul stone. He gets the soul stone. He gets he gets what he wanted the whole time. Yep. And then yeah, that was a fucking that was fantastic, right? It's just great. Like yeah, Thanos kills Gamora and uh, gets rewarded for it. So something interesting I want to bring up that we thought about mm-hmm. is the trailers to this movie cause some trickery. Yeah. Um, and one one piece that is part of an ongoing joke of the movie that I guess they didn't want to spoil and they wanted to misdirect is that. Uh, Bruce Banner cannot turn into the Hulk. He's having trouble turning into the Hulk. He's having performance issues. That's the big joke they make it into be. Um, Probably, obviously, stemming from when he got his ass kicked by Thanos early on in the movie. And he's not, you know, he's not really feeling up to it. But in the trailers, when there's this cool Wakanda fight about to happen, you see the Hulk in Hulk form. You know, regular big green guy. But in the movie, he's actually in the Hulkbuster armor that Iron Man made. Because of, you know, Bruce Banner being unable to turn into it. Mm-hmm. So, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I didn't really think I didn't really think Marvel was going to do something like that. And they, they kind of pulled one over on us, so that was pretty cool. Because I, when I, I kept seeing it, I was like, oh, I guess he's going to get over his performance issue in Wakanda. And he's going to turn into the Hulk. Because that's what I saw in the trailer. Because the trailer yeah. would never lie to me. Right? 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 Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but it did. It was pretty cool. And they also... Didn't they also did some trickery with Thanos' gauntlet at one point, right? Yeah, when the scene in the trailers were like he's where Captain America's holding back his fingers on his big old hand, he has less stones in the trailers than he has in the movie. Mm. So they don't want you they don't they want you to think that the, that the Wakanda thing happens earlier in the film than it actually does. Yeah, because it's basically the finale. Yeah. And um, I think the other big, the two big things that happen before we get to Wakanda are Thor reactivates the rings around the dying star uh, by like literally using his own body to take the full brunt of a star. So here's the thing. So here's the thing. How powerful is Thor? I think Thor is the most powerful Avenger now. Uh, for sure now, but like when when Thor was first introduced, he was tough, right? Yeah, you take you take a few punches and stuff like that. He was, he was a strong dude, right? And he, obviously, the Avengers could have probably kicked Iron Man's ass. Yeah. Okay. I get, I get you. But, like, 
they keep saying, oh, they're not gods. They just have much more advanced technology than we do. What technology is acting to allow Thor to take the full brunt of a star? Yeah, I think at this point it's just, you know, good old DBZ power levels coming into play. And he, ha- he doesn't have his hammer either, because his hammer was supposed to be the source of his power at this point. Exactly. But maybe, I guess in Thor Ragnarok, he learned how to be a lightning god? I was about to say, maybe the power was within him the whole time. Oh my god. Maybe that's the lesson we're supposed to learn here. Anyways, they forge the new axe, the Stormbreaker, as they call it, which even Rocket Raccoon is like, points like, is the audience surrogate? And I was like, that seems a little overdramatic. Um, they can't get a handle for it, so in one of the coolest moves in all the movie... Uh, teenage Groot cuts off his arm after grabbing the two parts of the axe and m- p- putting them together so that now his arm um, is the handle for the axe that Thor uses from now on, which is pretty which cool. Which rules. Also, his axe can summon the Bifrost, which is, uh, I guess, a good way to... Heimdall's dead now, so we gotta have somebody else to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um... Also, I want to point out one of the cutest jokes in this movie is when Thor can understand Groot, and Rocket Raccoon's like, "You can understand Groot." And he's like, "Yeah, it's an, it's an elective at college, uh, fucking Asgard College." Yeah. Also, a really small scene that no one's no really talked about is that scene when it's him and Rocket in the pod together, and Thor just look like he's just like very like beat down and sad or whatever, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah I'm, he, he gets an emotional years old. Yeah, about like. How he's old as shit now, and he's tired. He just kind of he kind of wants to stop, you know. Yeah, which is kind of leading into something we're gonna talk probably talk about near the end of this episode. Yeah. So with that done, the only big thing that happens besides that is the fight that happens on Titan. Now, Seth, what happens in this fight on Titan? So in the attack, wait, 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 on... wait would you would you call it an attack on? Oh, I was just about to say that. God damn it! You beat me to it by like a microsecond. Oh my god! Now I'll say it anyway. Okay. During this attack on Titan, um, so the Star-Lord is the one that ends up coming with the plan. Him and Tony Stark have a bit of a power struggle. Star-Lord somehow wins that one. And so they have they have the struggle, they have a fight, so they surprise. At first, what I love is that Thanos walks up to Doctor Strange, and he's just like, they're just talking, and... Thanos is just like, oh yeah, so back on my home planet, you know, back when this was, you know, back when this was all cool and stuff, uh, we didn't have enough resources, and I just had this little, you know, whatever idea, and then Doctor Strange is like, oh yeah, you mean genocide? And then he was like, yeah, but it's not like the bad kind of genocide. No, why, and why is it, Seth? Why, why would it not be the bad kind of genocide? Do you remember? Because it's random. Yeah, it would be random. It would be dispassionate. It would affect both rich and poor. Yep. And we'll, you know what? Let's finish up the synopsis. We'll come. We'll loop back to that. But well, what, what? Okay. Just tell us what happens in this fight. So then you know whatever. <laughs> so they they start they start the attack on him, and obviously they're very outmatched because he has like what three infinity stones at the time. No, four? he has all but all oh, but yeah, the yeah, time yeah. and uh, mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he has four of the six, and. But, they, you know, they have a good fight. They end up, Doctor Strange is able to get some, get some of his mind chains on him, and then they're able to get Mantis, a character who I didn't think was going to be useful in this movie at all, even though I do, even though I find her very funny and very enjoyable. She gets on top of Thanos and makes him go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And the entire time, so Iron Man and Spider-Man are working on pulling the glove off, or the Infinity Gauntlet off of Thanos, to, you know, take away all of his power, basically. Dra- and Drax is holding his leg. Yeah, and Drax is holding his leg. And... 
All right, so around this time that Star-Lord, uh, the love interest, or I guess boyfriend, you could call him, of Gamora, finds out from Mantis that uh, what, what Thanos did to Gamora, how he killed her. And this causes Peter Quill to have an intense moment of emotion, and he starts punching Thanos in the face. Mantis can't keep her grip on keeping him asleep, and the, glove, the, the gauntlet is almost off of his hand when he wakes up, grabs it back, beats him all down, and then escapes. Well, not before he stabs Tony Stark yeah. in the chest and then agrees to spare his life if Strange gives him the time stone. Yes. So, and a, a little key before all this is that before the fight starts, uh, fucking Doctor Strange is in his, using the time stone and he's his head shaking all around. And they're like, oh, so what'd you see? He's like, I saw four trillion different paths this could take. And they're like, how many do we win? And he's like, one. Which is setting you up for the idea that, I guess probably the next one they'll reveal that, that that Strange arranged all this to play out and just the one you know just the one right way to where they'll win. Yeah. So in the end, he gives up. Oh, by the way, real oh, quick, okay. I just want to point out: did you did you happen to catch the first time you watched it or at all the dialogue about how the Infinity Gauntlet works? Uh, not really. Apparently, in this version, the reason they kept focusing on his hand so much wasn't like to like knock the gauntlet off of him or anything. It's because to use it, he has to close his fist. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember that now. Which is why they kept like putting stuff in his palms so he couldn't close his fist. Yeah, Iron Man would put first that time thing in his his hand so he got, couldn't close it real quick, and Captain America would try and hold it back. Yeah, didn't catch that at all the first time I watched the movie, so I had no idea what they're focusing on. Yeah, trying to push it in his palm. So. Uh, Doctor Strange gives up the time stone in exchange for Tony Stark's life. Um, and when Thanos leaves, he's like, it was the only way. So then, then we we're get at Wakanda. To the big battle in Wakanda. Which, when this happens, basically, for some reason, Thanos decides to send a bunch of these four armed devil dogs from space to try get into Wakanda. And there's a big shield around Wakanda, which you might remember from uh, Black Panther. But it turns out that if you hit with enough people, eventually they can pop through, right? Yeah. And so they're they're surrounding. There's like millions of these motherfuckers. They're surrounding the shield, and they're like, if we don't do something, they're gonna get around behind us, and they'll be you know able to get straight to vision. And so they're like, fine, open up the shield. And so we have our big. And I hate to say this, people. Well, I don't. I don't hate saying it. People are gonna hate me for saying it though. We get our big Phantom of the Menace. Or uh uh. uh what is it called? The Phantom Menace fucking battle in this field. Yes. And it happens. I'm not that we, we can't deny it. It's a big flat plane uh, of green grass where two armies are like going to converge and fight like a sci-fi movie. Come on, man. It's what it is. It's what it is. It's true. And, um, which is, I mean, it's a decent fight scene because we get some pretty good, cool moments. So what, what was your, what was your favorite one? Yeah, so we get some cool moments, uh, you know, eventually they have to open up the Wakanda shield so that the fucking forearm beasts don't get around so they don't attack the actual city of Wakanda. Uh, anytime that the like the Wakandan tribes or whatever fight, I think it's so cool. I still think Black Panther is such a cool movie and the aesthetic is really cool. So seeing all them fight is cool. But yeah, the highlight is certainly when Thor comes into play. Oh yeah. Yeah, because they're finally like getting to the point where they're overwhelmed because it's really just strength in numbers. Even Captain America and Black Panther are having a hard time fighting all these guys off. Thor, Groot, and Rocket Raccoon come down. Bunch of lightning. He just kills like 
probably 100 or 200 of these forearm guys at once, and then they start going to town, just fighting. There's a scene where... Uh, this is the, just this is where you know they were just writing the script for the fans because Bucky picks up Rocket Raccoon and they both fire guns in a circle. Yeah, and that's just cool. And My favorite moment of this whole fight was when um, War Machine just like dumped a couple missiles out of the back of or bombs out of, out of his butt. Yeah, it just blew the fuck up. It was like, yep, that's America right there. That's how it works. Just carpet yeah. bomb them. And we do get to a very cool scene where Carrie Coon's character, the uh, Titan, I guess. Is she a Titan? No, she's just some random alien. Alright, she's alien, wizard, warrior, whatever. Um, She's fighting... Who does she start the fight with? Is it... uh, Well, she knocks out Scarlet Witch, and then she's, like, gonna stab her, and then uh, 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 Black Widow Widow shows up. And she's like, you can't face me alone or some shit. And he's like, you hear her, she's not alone. Then it's Okoye from Black Panther. Yes. And so basically you have four female characters, you know, in a fight. It's very cool. And although I don't understand how some of these space wizard warriors can just destroy, like, Doctor Strange, all of his power in a fight. And then Black Widow can keep up with them in hand-to-hand combat. But whatever. I don't care. Um, well, that's because the wizard guy was not the same species as this lady. But there's still even the other, the fucking goblin dude beats the shit out of Vision with because he's just so fucking strong. That goblin, so, by the way, is basically the hunter from XCOM Two: War of the Chosen, yes. like exactly the same fucking design. So then, yeah, he shows up right because Scarlet Witch leaves to go help help in the fight. Yes, and then that dude attacks Shuri and Vision. Yes, and so he gets Vision. Uh, he's trying to get the stone out, but then Vision comes back online and starts to fight back so that, you know, they don't, so it's not so easy for them. And that is what leads to the scene in this yep. movie. So you get to a scene where all of the tier one characters who are in Wakanda are all in this one little stretch of jungle. Um, Bruce Banner is fighting off one of those space wizard warriors, the biggest one. He ends up killing him in a pretty cool way. Attaches the rocket hand to him and sends him up into the Wakandan shield, which just burns your skin off. And, and he explodes. explodes. So they're all there, and then, well, except for Thor, and then Thanos comes into play. Yep. And once this happens, they're like, oh shit, this is real. Scarlet Witch decides, or after Vision convinces her, Scarlet Witch decides to just destroy the gym while it's in Vision's head and just to straight up murder him. Because that's their only option at this point. Yep. It's obviously heart-wrenching because they're a couple, they love each other, and she's got to kill him. Thanos comes in, and he waves all these Avengers bitches out like it's nothing. It doesn't matter who comes up to him, he just waves them out of the way. He can make them become immaterial, he can punch them, he can beat Captain America into the ground, it doesn't matter. He gets up to Scarlet Witch, finally. She pushes him off a little bit, and she keeps trying to destroy the stone. Eventually, she does it. She destroys the stone. Oh my god, Thanos can't become the most powerful being ever. She just killed her boyfriend. It's very sad. And then Thanos is just like, ain't going down like that. Uses the time stone to reverse time, and then take the gem out of Vision's head, making Scarlet Witch watch her boyfriend die twice. And then he plops it in the middle of the gauntlet and becomes the most powerful being there is. Yep. That's how it goes down. And then Thor 
comes crashing out of the sky and slams the axe like right into into Thanos's chest. Yes. And he's like, "Gotcha, bitch. It's over." And Thanos is like, and for a second there, for a second there, you almost believe it's true, right? Like, well, it, for a second there, the dummies in the crowd were like, yeah. "Oh, this is over. He Thor is actually going to be this is cool. Thor is going to be the one that beats Thanos." And then he says, then then the, the the turn is when it lingers just a second too long on his face. And as movie viewers, we're like trained to know when a shot should end, right? Yes. So by it lingering, you know suddenly something's not right. And then he like looks up, smiles, and says, "You should have gone for the head." And snaps his fingers. He snaps and, his fingers, yeah. and that is where he collectively snaps the emotional core of several Marvel fans. Who well, first of all, we get the scene with him in this weird space, and it's him and child Gamora, which we didn't even talk about before. Yes. It's like like kid Gamora, and she asks him if it was worth it. And then we flash back to the world, Seth, and then what occurs? Alright, so... People start disappearing. And I don't Starting mean... with Bucky. Yes, Bucky starts. He starts to dematerialize into the ether and disappear. So, let's see if we can remember everyone who disappears. We've got Bucky. Mm-hmm. We've got Groot. Mm-hmm. We've got Black Panther. Yep. We've big got... Big shock that when that one happened. Yeah, Black Panther was a big one. Um, who else? Then, oh, Doctor uh, Strange. On, yeah, on Titan, you lose, you lose Star Lord, Drax, Mantis, and uh, Doctor Strange, like you said. Yeah, and then leaving in a, the most heart wrenching scene in the whole movie, mm-hmm. Spider Man hugs uh, Tony Stark and says, "Mr. Stark, I'm not feeling so good." And then Spider Man fucking disappears. Dude, he's like crying and saying, "I don't want to go." Yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever. Which, by the way, was all improved. That was all improv. Very um, emotional. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, people in the theater were losing their minds. Yeah, people in my theater, there was a group of girls behind me who cried. People in your theater were booing, I believe. Yeah, at the end of the movie, yeah. Yeah. And... Also, don't forget, Sam Wilson disappears and Scarlet Witch. Yes. So, and this is where we're going to get into a couple of interesting points. First of all, if any of you listening to this are under the impression that those characters are actually dead... You're stupid. I'm sorry. But putting aside the fact that it's a fucking comic book movie and we know what happens in this shit, do you really think Marvel is going to give up Spider-Man and Black Panther two big cash cows for them? Shut the fuck up. But think about it, Seth. What if they did? They didn't. But not like... But not... But hold on now. Not getting up up their movies... But, like, what if they made Shuri the new Black Panther and brought in Miles Morales as the new Spider-Man? They would never do it. But if they did, it will be the craziest move in movie history. If they did, I will I would increase my rating of this movie by, like, two stars because it would be the coolest thing ever. Um, but, yeah. But we, but we, but we, we haven't finished it off yet because the last thing that happens is Steve Rogers says the last line of the film, which is very good, a very good line, which is, Oh, God... And then it cuts to Thanos, and Thanos, like, emerges from, like, a yurt on some alien planet and, like, sits there and smiles, very satisfied, and then we cut to credits. Yes. And And that's when my theater fucking couldn't take it anymore. So, before we get to the post credit scene, one thing I want to point out, and this is something that, you know, people should know by now. You have to understand the interesting fact that none of the OG Avengers got taken. 
Nope. This is leading up to because we we've been with these motherfuckers for eighteen movies now. They've gone through a lot. Every single Avengers movie, they fight each other. They have a lot of hard feelings. You know, and in Civil War, they literally split up into two separate uh, versions of the Avengers. There's a lot of stuff going on, and that's why and that's why this is called Avengers: Infinity War because it's supposed mm-hmm. to be the culmination of the original Avengers. So the next one that comes out is going to be the fucking ragtag old ass motherfuckers from the the first Avengers coming back and having to actually fucking whip some ass. Well, the thing is, is that I mean I know that RDJ and Chris Evans want out. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, they're all gonna die. Uh, Chris Hemsworth has said that after Thor three, he wants to come back and do more. He wants to be Thor more. So we'll probably get. He'll probably stick around. Uh, Mark Ruffalo is pretty happy with his with his contracts. I think Scarlett Johansson says she wants out as well. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're coming up on the part where, like, 10 years, a lot of these folks want to stop back in the movies, and Marvel wants to negotiate with people who are less popular, less famous, and they can pay them less. Yeah, they're going to start killing off Avengers. But don't forget that when this movie first, was first announced, it was Infinity War Part 1. Yeah. And they took the Part 1 off, like, a year ago or so. And they said, oh, it'll be its own complete movie by itself, which is a fucking lie. Yeah. And, I, and but, when, I, when I first read that news, I knew that there's no way you could have two movies with Thanos as the villain and them not be sequel, you know, be part one and part two. But, like, here's the thing, is that I think, and this is going to be controversial for a lot of people, is that taking off the part one was the most brilliant decision they could have made. Oh, I agree. Because most people are not like you and me. They don't, or like people that are listening to this podcast probably, they don't read the comic books or they don't follow movie behind the scenes like Scuttlebutt, right? So yeah. to them, not having part one makes it seem like this is, this is, this happened, right? This is real. It's much more real for those people. Yeah. And it worked if my theater was any indication. And it's true. And the, and you really know the directors know what they're doing. And we'll talk about it in a second after the post credit scene real quick. Mm-hmm. It's not very much, but it, it kind of leads to something big if you're a comic book fan. So, fucking, you hear some people talking on the radio. Oh, yeah, something's happening. It's crazy. It's Nick Fury and Maria Hill. We ain't seen them in a minute. Pretty big characters. They've been in all the Avengers movies. They're pretty important. So, they fucking get out of the car because they almost crash. And they see people start disappearing. And then Maria Hill disappears. And then Samuel L. Jackson starts to disappear, and he's like, oh no, this can't happen. So he goes and grabs like this, I guess, satellite beeper almost, mm-hmm. uh, and he starts like making a call or whatever, and he disappears, and then he drops it on the ground, and he almost says the word motherfucker, but he says mother, and then fuh, he disappears. Haha, <laughs> funny. And then on the beeper comes up the logo of a hero, here for two, here for told, here... Here to four. Here to four unannounced, or at least um, unseen in Marvel Universe, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Who will be having her movie come out as a prequel before the next Infinity War movie comes out. And she's believed to 90s. be the most powerful mutant, or not mutant, uh, just hero in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And so, so yeah, her cool. symbol appears or whatever. So. Yeah. And then, okay, that's whatever. Most people in theater were like, oh, what's that? I don't know. And, uh, but after that, in the best middle finger the Marvel Studios could ever put, it said, Thanos will return. <laughs> and I, 
at that moment I was I was like somebody can kill me now because this is the best <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Which is so perfect when you realize that Thanos is the protagonist of this movie. Well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say protagonist, but he is the main character. Well, no, no, because here's the thing: you're you're confusing protagonist with good guy. I know. Protagonist just means main main character of a, of a work. Mm. So he is the protagonist, and the characters, the Marvel, the like the Avengers are the antagonists because they're the ones standing in the way of his goal. And so, but the thing is, like we go to movie thinking that the Avengers are the good guys; they're the protagonists, right? They're going to be the ones that are going to win in the end, and they don't. And people are so fucking shook by it. Yeah, people can't accept that some things take time. Well, not not even that. I just think it was it was a marvelous trick to not put part one on there because if you put part one, everyone would have gone in with that ending happened and be like, oh, let's get reversed in the next movie. Yeah. Everybody, even the non comics fans, even the non film movie nerds would have would have known the twist or like not the twist, like the the the, the change. Yeah. So great. I'll, I'll put it this way, a great marketing move. Yeah, I agree. I think that a lot of the, what they did to this movie was great, and some I, I still can't believe there were people behind me who were crying. It was just so, and I and I, I was just I know I probably shouldn't because you know they're just they're, they're just showing me how they feel. I was just laughing though because I couldn't get I over was it. Laughing too. I thought it was so funny, and I fuck I loved the movie. I thought it was really fucking fun to watch. And because they actually, I mean, as much as all the Marvel movies, they don't try new things that often. And they definitely tried something new in this movie. Yeah. And it was a big yeah. thing. For me, it was the fact that there were boos that happened when the movie ended. I mean, people were like, so they go, boo. And it was like, I was laughing my ass off because I couldn't believe that reaction, first of all. But yeah. also couldn't believe the audacity they had to end it that way for all the people who don't know how this shit works. Yeah, and then they're booing, and then Mr. Marvel is sitting at his desk like, are they saying boo or boo billion dollars in 11 days? <laughs> I, I'm going to go on the record here. I'm going to say something. Okay. I want to say this is, going to tur- this, this is going to pay off buku bucks for Marvel come next year when part two of this comes out. It is going to fucking pay off so hard for them. One thing I am interested in, and I'm not, I'm not normally interested in these kind of things because I don't think they matter for movies I'm going to see anyway. I want to see what, what the trailer is going to look like for the next one. Yeah, me too. I have to. I just want to know how they're going to, what they're going to do to us this time and what, what kind of stuff we're going to have to pay attention to. So I'm excited for that. I hope, I hope it's as deceptively cut as this one was. Yeah, exactly. I'm hoping for even more deceptively cut. I don't care. I want, Just go for it. This is going to be the final Avengers movie for these the first Avengers we have here, so... Go go big or go home. So I want to discuss real quick my big problem with the film. Yes, and yes. Thanos. It's Thanos and his incredibly dumb motivation in this film. As we discussed, his idea to kill half the universe because he thinks that overpopulation is a problem is so stupid because, first of all, first of all, just discounting the fact that you have the Infinity Gauntlet. You're talking about a universe where space travel is super common outside of Earth, right? There are there are literally infinite resources to go out there and get. The law of conservation of energy, you know, you can't destroy or create that shit. So it's going to continue to be there forever. Just, re, just re, learn to recycle, motherfucker. You dumb son of a bitch. 
or go on your murderous quest to assemble the Affinity Stones, and then fucking snap your fingers and 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 end the idea of entropy forever. I don't. I mean, yeah. It's like it's like it's like uh, this is this you know we're, you all know this we're left this podcast. If if Thanos had read some marks, this film would not have happened. Yeah, and it, and it all harkens like that's. I don't know, that's a problem in itself, you know, his motivations or whatever, but it all harkens back to the idea that they fundamentally changed who he is for what seems to be no reason. I don't yeah. see why they took out the court death part of his story, because it's badass as hell, and it's something that's totally, it's, you don't see in movies fucking ever. You was even crazier than that to me? What? What was the last Marvel movie before this one? The last Marvel movie before this one was Black Panther. Okay, sorry. One before that. Uh, no clue. Oh, Thor Ragnarok. And who was a villain in Thor Ragnarok? Hello. Who was the goddess of? Knives. Death. Yes, death. Why not just have her serve... Th- these movies were being developed at the same time. Why not have Hela survive that? She shows up in Ragnarok because Odin dies, right? She's released from hell. Yeah. She's now free. She's death. She's the one Thanos is in love with. It's a great motivation because it makes sense for her to suddenly appear. It would it would make sense that now is the time for her to get the stones because yeah. the o- Odin's dead and Hela's back. And also, everyone in the world could understand being horny for Kate Blanchett. It's true. Hire me, Marvel. I can write better than whoever wrote this piece of shit. Also, uh, not piece of shit. Sorry, but that one aspect is so bad. So let's uh let's get into some final thoughts. Like what kind of overall how we feel the movie maybe. We can rate it one out of five or one out of ten Infinity Stones. I don't know. Well, there's six Infinity Stones, so let's do one out of six. It's a okay. weird scale, but Very how, how many scale. Infinity Stones? Um, I'll go first. Yeah, I go guess ahead. I'll say that um, I thought it was a fine film. I enjoyed watching it. I generally Marvel movies. Uh, I love watching them because they're eminently watchable films and because even when things happen that I think are bad, like the Thanos motivation, I still get plenty of enjoyment like talking about it and thinking about it. Um, yeah. I thought that they did a decent job of pacing. This movie is actually, for, for as many characters as there are in it, we got to see enough of them for the most part. It was pretty well paced. It moved along at a very fast, a very fast clip. We didn't drag really at all. And... Good, you know, nice visuals, good fight scenes, um, and yeah, I would say I'd I'd give this I'd give this uh, the uh, uh, power, space, reality, and uh, mind gems. All right. So yeah, I'll, I'll say this: I had a lot of fun watching this movie. I definitely, like I said, I'm a big fan of the Marvel movies. I've watched every single one on pretty much every single one on opening night. I've seen most of them two or three times in theaters. I love them, and even even I will admit that, you know, they didn't try a lot of new stuff a lot of times. One of the biggest new things they ever tried was The Winter Soldier, and like I said, that's the best Marvel movie for a reason. They tried something new with it, and it worked out. So I love how they tried something new with this movie, and even though I do have I do agree with you on all the stuff about Thanos, um, he still made he still Josh Brolin still did a pretty good job on the role, and oh, yeah. I don't know. I ended up having a lot of fun this movie, and. I don't know, something about how people have reacted to it, it made me enjoy it more. So I'm going to give it time, power, reality, space. Wait a minute. I'm going to get this. Time, reality, power, space, mind, and soul. 
Oh shit! Six out of six Infinity Stones. All six Infinity Stones. Um, I th- and the, the reason it gets the sixth Infinity Stone is something I want to point out. So there's been a lot of memes around this movie. Mostly the people disappearing meme, like you know something funny, somebody disappears or whatever. But there's a, I found this collection of memes on the internet about this movie that cracked me up so hard. And it's about a character that we see early on in the movie and never again. And his name is Wong. And he is Doctor Strange's uh, counterpart. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the movie, he he he's serious. I want to help fight these guys. He gets thrown into like a building and we see him nary again. Well, no, we've seen one more time and it's him saying, I'm out. <laughs> exactly. And I'm going back to the... He literally says, I'm going back to the house to watch it. And after that, he literally never comes up again. And there are there is a plethora of great Wong memes. And I enjoyed them so much that that's why I gave it the Soul Stone as well. Okay. All right. I will say, my favorite joke in this whole movie, by the way, mm-hmm. is when they're on Titan and <laughs> fucking Tony Stark is trying to explain his plan to the Guardians of the Galaxy and Drax and Mantis are standing off to the side. Drax is napping, first of all, yes. while standing up. And then he like he says something snappy about it and Mantis says, uh, what did she say? She says, uh, we take ass and kick names. Yes. And then Tony Stark just sort of like stares at them for about, I don't know, five straight seconds of silence. And I just thought that was the funniest shit. It was just, it was just a perfect, uh, a perfectly good joke in my opinion. Yeah, it was very funny. And yeah, it was an enjoyable movie. And yeah. I'm really excited to see what they do with the next one. And uh, I just, don't, I don't see any, uh, I don't know, I love Ant-Man, but Ant-Man and the Wasp is going to seem like such a weird thing when it comes out, since it's a prequel. That's true. Captain Marvel obviously has some, will have some hype going into it, since she's going to apparently you know, play a pivotal role in the next movie. Um, but Ant-Man and the Wasp, I don't know, it's just going to be so weird to watch that movie and know what's currently happening in the Marvel Universe. So I think Ant-Man and Wasp is going to occupy the same space as Thor Ragnarok did, because the first, um, like, 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 Thor Ragnarok came out after, and, and Homecoming, really, they both came out after Civil War, which had a pretty downer ending, right? Like, the Avengers break up, like, permanently or whatever. Yeah. So, I think it'll be, like, a nice, sort of cheery movie to, that'll happen before we have to get into, like, the more meat and potatoes of Captain Marvel and then the next Avengers. Yeah. So... Yeah, overall, enjoyable experience. Uh, for me, I'm weird, though. I, I take a lot of pleasure in different things in movies than most people. But overall, I enjoyed watching it. And I mean, I've seen it twice now. I'm probably good until until home video. I'll probably watch it again on a, on a Blu-ray or whatever. Yeah, I agree. I've seen it twice. Very, very, I'm very surprised how quickly it moves for a two-and-a-half-hour movie. I never really felt the length either time I watched it. Um, so good on them for pacing it pretty well. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have any glaringly huge complaints about the whole experience. So yeah, I loved it. Mm-hmm. And that is it, folks. Another podcast down, uh, longer yeah. than our usual bonus episodes, but we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, a lot we had a lot to say. Um. So yeah, this has been the Lineals Podcast. Uh, I'm Smith. I'm Seth. You can find us on. You can. You can. You can. You can catch us in the street. Yeah, just sometimes we're out there. We're out on these streets, chilling. All right, we're out. Bye. Later.